If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. You've probably heard that you are the average of the five people you hang out with most. Today, I want to encourage you to stop and reflect for a moment on who you're spending most of your time with. Are they supportive? Are they encouraging? Are they motivated? And are they action takers? Or are they unhappy, unmotivated, and stuck? Or somewhere in between? Whoever you surround yourself with, they have a ripple effect on your results. The good news is that surrounding yourself with high achieving, motivated, happy people accelerates your success. And that's the whole point of this show. When you're ready to take the path toward financial freedom and fulfillment in your life and find out about the various masterminds that are available to you, if you're a high achiever, then we have room for you in our community. Go to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call. All right, welcome to another session of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. My name is Rock Thomas and I'm your host. I'm your, also your millionaire mentor. And today's guest is one of my mentors and friends, Chris Crone, who is a real estate maverick. He's a business coach. He's an eight-figure influencer. He's also an international speaker. He does some breakthrough mentorship, a best-selling author, and he helps people get on the path to wealth, primarily through real estate, business coaching, and mindset training. He's also an expert wealth coach with 5,000 real estate deals, numerous businesses, and growing influence. It's been a decade now that Chris has mentored thousands of people in creating, managing, protecting, and growing wealth through innovative real estate investments and other strategies. While Chris's greatest expertise is found in real estate investing with over billions of dollars in deals, his clients have exponential results using his business strategies to make significant money with little time for startups. Chris empowers people to grow through wealth, health, and personal development. He's very passionate about energy, about life, about, about living fully, playing fully. His proprietary breakthrough techniques help people shift out of their limiting beliefs, allowing them to bridge the gap between where they are and the results they want every aspect of their lives. You know, I got to spend uh, some time with Chris personally at the Super Bowl. I've watched him really impact people. I've watched his discipline. He takes care of his body. He takes care of his mind. He's got a three-hour routine before he gets up and attacks the day so he can be mentally prepared. And if you put all of that together, it's no surprise that he's a huge success. He holds a bachelor's degree in marriage, family, and human development from Brigham Young University and an honorary MBA from Stevens Henniger. He and his wife, Kaylin are the proud parents of four beautiful children. So let's not delay, but let's get to this powerhouse interview where you're going to learn a lot about the power of investing in real estate and what it takes to get your first deal or to keep on ratcheting up with many more deals. So let's get to my conversation with Chris Crone. Well, welcome to the podcast, Chris. What an honor to have you here. Listen, Rock, I appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this. I know that uh, we've been wanting to do it for some time, but what you've achieved in real estate, uh, I think today my knowledge base is going to be a great compliment to a lot of the people that might be watching or listening to this. So I'm, I'm excited to add value wherever I can. 
So what, what amazes me is that wherever we go, whether it's TikTok or YouTube, I see your lessons in helping young minds and seasoned minds win the game of real estate. And my whole shtick is about winning the, the money game and real estate is a huge part of that. So I wanna dive right into that. First of all, what made real estate such an attractive vehicle for you? You know, honestly, I don't think I had an attractive vehicle in the beginning. What I had was a rat race. What I had was my dad kind of like speaking over my shoulder saying, son, get good grades, go to college. Like he was a German immigrant and he worked hard as an entrepreneur. And so he really felt that a, a good life would really come from a college degree and working for somebody else. And so I, I was pursuing that path. And then I happened to meet three people in a short period of time who had made over $10 million of real estate. And it, like it, it, it more than piqued my interest. I, I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm about to embark as a young man in his early twenties on a journey that I'm seeing is not working for most people. And that bothered me. So I was actually looking for a path and they provided that. So I didn't know anything else about business or stock market. I don't know a whole lot about anything real estate though. It just, uh, it was almost serendipitous. Um, I don't believe in coincidence, but it, it was perfect timing. Now, you're not the first guy to teach real estate. You know, Robert Kiyosaki has been doing it for decades and there is a bunch of other yeah. people have come on the scene and have attempted to do it. But it seems that you've carved out a niche for yourself and a lot of people are really able to get the confidence to do it. What are some of the key things that you teach that you believe other people have not taught when it comes to getting, say, your first piece of property? You know, Rock, when I, when I think back to my first dozen purchases, especially my first... I was terrified at the fact that I just didn't understand the rules of the game. I really didn't understand the math of the game and I didn't understand the language of the game. Like, like they were throwing out all these words like deed and, and trust and in lieu of foreclosure and, and, and purchase price and, and what is equity things that today I'm like, well, duh, you have to know those things to get anywhere in real estate, but it wasn't common sense then it wasn't common knowledge. And so you know, I found that in, in my space, I'm just trying to educate people on the basics because when you have a grasp of them, becoming a millionaire in real estate, you, you know, something that becomes a whole lot simpler. So when, when, you know, I always like to go to this question, what is fear? And I think fear is when you are just missing knowledge. When you have all of the knowledge or enough of the knowledge, fear dissipates. And so I, I love to fight and combat fear with just getting enough information out in the world to help people settle down and realize that there's an answer for every question. So a lot of people I find in personal development, Chris, and I would agree with you that fear is a lack of knowledge, but then there's the implementation of that knowledge in the field and you get smacked around a little bit or you buy your first property and you get a bad foundation or something like that. Yeah. How, do, how do people navigate through that if their little voice inside is like, yeah, but I'm not like, Chris Crone or like Robert Kiyosaki or like Rock Thomas, how do I, how do I stumble my way to success? You know, um, I think that hands down, there's one answer in particular that I think would do more good for anyone listening. Uh, I've made it a study. I know like you have of people that are very successful and I want to know why do a handful figure it out? Like why do the rich get richer and why do the majority stumble and fail? The poor get poorer. And um, I found that there's in particular one major correlation and it comes down to this. How many times are you willing to fail and still stick with it? And I find that the average person, 
like they're wired from childhood to try something one time, two times, three times, maybe five times. But I would say that 98% of the population, if they can't figure it out on go one, two, three, four, or five, then if they can't figure it out, they're out. And that's the mindset of a child. The mindset of a child says, I tried, it didn't work, and now I'm put out. And if they try again, they're bringing less conviction and they're bringing more doubt. They're also bringing greater fear of failure into the game. And so most people give up after two or three tries. It's sad, but it's the truth. I think a lot of struggling entrepreneurs, real estate investors, haven't figured out that the one thing that the secret, uh, the, the secret of the successful that they share in common is that there's, they don't view failure the same way. I remember that when I quote unquote failed, instead of getting discouraged and let down that would lead to anger or depression or sadness or whatever, I would just say, oh, like, why didn't this work? I would get the lesson and then I would go back to bat and I'd swing harder and stronger with better foot position, better technique. And eventually I figured it out. But most of the success I've had in life did not come from a first, second, or third attempt. I had to stay in the game longer. And so I think there's a missing longevity for most people that they just don't have the mental acuity to stay in the game longer. This whole idea of why personal development and how on earth does the real estate between the six inches of my two ears correlate to making money? Um, everyone always thinks it's technique. Like, well, what's the strategy? Like, what did you do? I'm like, uh-uh, it is stick with itness and it is staying positive and motivated on the 10th or 100th try, just like on your very first try. Okay, you dropped a lot of gems in that one little chunk there. Let me try to break this down for people. So first of all, what you're saying is that failure doesn't define you, it refines you. It gives you another way to come at it in a different approach, yes? I've never said it that way before and I thought that was the most concise way it could ever be said. That was awesome. <laughs> and, and then the other piece is, how does somebody in the face of, of taking action and not getting the result that they want over and over and over again, where does the stick with itness come from? Because a guy like you's got an incredible amount of hunger and drive. I have my own theory, but I want to hear your theory is what's the difference between the Michael Jordans and the average players? What gets them up and going every day, no yeah. matter what? Yeah. So I think there's two things. I think it's one part focus and it's one part conviction. Focus means that when things don't go your way, that you focus on the right thing. Here's what most people will do. They'll focus on the fact that they didn't get what they wanted and they get hung up on that. And that honestly is not very different than a spoiled little brat, a child who's upset because they didn't get what they wanted. I think it is immature and it's naive. And at some point we have to grow up. So instead successful people don't focus on the failure. They focus on why it didn't work. And so every time I don't get the result that I want, I'm always asking why? Like, what was I missing? What, because by the way, if you don't get that information, then there's no point trying again, right? Einstein said doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. It, you need to add a like new information to your next attempt instead of just going at it blind again. So focus is the first thing. Now, by the way, that also keeps you in a more positive state. I believe a driven state. And that also then helps and supports number two, which is conviction, which is you've got to be convicted while you're going after this. Everyone claims they want more money. Everyone says that rock, but guess what? The people who get it are the ones that say, wow, I didn't just fall on my, on my face. I got my teeth kicked in and guess what? 
I didn't lose my conviction. If anything, it sharpened it. If anything, like I got even more convicted by what I'm pursuing. And that means that you've got to have a strong why. That's what conviction really comes from. It's, yeah. it's amazing. You know, people are like, oh, Chris, where do you, where, where do you get motivation from? And I once heard Tony Robbins in a seminar put it in probably one of the most, uh, like uh, probably one of the most crass ways possible. He went up to a guy who said they were struggling with motivation and he, and Tony said, Hey, do you have a kid? And he said, yeah. He says, here's a gun. I'm putting it up to your kid's head. And if you don't figure this thing out, I'm going to blow your kid's brains out. And in that moment, I realized something. Oh yes. That man now has endless motivation to not just figure it out, but to figure it out in a very short period of time. So the question is what's on the line for me. Motivation comes from knowing that, uh, what's really on the line. I, I had a near death experience when I was 19 years old. I almost drowned in the ocean trying to save my sister's life. And when I emerged from that ocean, I came out a different person and I've never taken a day of life for granted since. In fact, before I go to bed, I just want to know that I spent it all. I lived and I lived like I was dying, not out of fear, but because we just don't know how much time we have. So you've got to have a why that produces that conviction. Yeah, beautiful. You know, I, I think if you're listening to this, what's so crucial is to understand that perspective is a choice and you continually are meaning makers. And so one person almost drowns in the ocean and never wants to swim again, hates the beach and is afraid to live. And what you did was you gave it an empowering meaning. And so failure can be empowering because you're closer to what works. You just found a way that doesn't work. Do yeah. you mind, Rock, if I give you one more example based on what you just said? Yeah, of um, course. When I, was a, when, when I was a college kid and I wanted to be a doctor and found out that I could not pass this stupid organic chemistry class for the life of me, after two times I finally listened to my advisor and gave up on a dream I had had for years of becoming a doctor. And I remember feeling horrible as a human being. And I had a telemarketing job at the time that I was not enjoying. And I remember when I came home one day from work, and my wife was in absolute tears. And I'm like, I, I had never seen tears like this before. We had only been married for a handful of months. And I said, what's wrong? Like, these were the kind of tears that you would expect from someone who, who just lost a best friend. They died. And, and I asked her what was wrong. And she said, Chris, we have tuition due in three weeks and can't pay for it. Chris, we have rent due in five days and already spent our paycheck. And then she revealed that we, she didn't have money for grocery shopping. Like, literally, our cupboards were empty. She was hungry, and as a 22-year-old young man, I found myself in financial dire straits. And my takeaway lesson was, on the one hand, I felt like crap, like I'm a horrible human being, like I have just completely failed my wife. I, I'd never felt so small. But in the pain of that, I also made a decision. And it's what you just said about things, even hard things or bad things can be empowering. I made the decision that I will do whatever it takes to never be in this situation ever again. And that was the refining moment that changed everything for me. And four and a half years later, I was financially free and then went on to do a billion dollars in real estate transactions and buying a house almost every single day and building all of this wealth all across the board. Um, I, I think people need to learn how to take their tough messes and turn them into their messages and become their whys that lead to the conviction as opposed to drowning in the victimhood of their own sorrows. Yeah. Boom. You're listening to Chris Crone dropping a bunch of bombs on mindset, how to take massive action. 
Chris is a real estate coach. Chris, let's talk a little bit about how you are um, helping people get their first properties and maybe first start with what prevents people because 95% of the population are not financially free. Most yeah. people don't own cash flowing assets. So yeah. what is preventing people from creating freedom in their life when it's so available? You know, uh, specific to the game of real estate, first of all, th there's just a lot of lack of, I don't know how, there's also a weak mindset. They have not taken their mind to their neural gym and strengthened it. Um, I, I was once in a private setting with Kevin Hart in a business conference and to a small group of 40 people, he said this, he said, you have to meet negativity with reinforced positivity. And I dedicate three hours of my life every morning before anyone in my household wakes up other than my wife to reinforcing positivity for no matter what might come at me during the day. I think people are mentally weak until they actually go through a training program because high school doesn't offer that, college life doesn't offer that. You have to find mentors, you have to find coaches. Rocky, people like you that actually teach this stuff, if, if you're not learning this from somebody, like that is the first mistake is just a weak mindset. And then of course the other like excuses are, well, I, I you know, takes money to make money. I don't have money. I, I don't have credit. I'm like, well, those, those are excuses. Like I, I buy a house every day with no money, no credit. And it's not cause I'm Chris Crone. I beasted myself into this man. You got to learn how to step around excuses. It's a psychology game. It's a mental game before it's ever a strategy. So now with, with what's been happening in the real estate market, real estate's hot. You've been purchasing a lot of properties. Um, Everybody asks the, the question, is there a bubble? What's going to happen? Yeah. So we're going to get your way in on this too, because it's a popular question. Yeah. So is there a bubble? When is it going to pop? It's everywhere. Right. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to share with you my perspective that starts back 2008 after a huge bull rush in the market. And after the subprime bubble burst, it led to a global financial crisis, uh, and when that crisis struck, real estate lost its value in, like crazy. People tucked tails, gave their houses back to the bank, and everyone thought that it was the worst real estate market in the world. And I'm like, uh, hello, this is Great Depression real estate. This is amazing. I, I went immediately into Phoenix, Vegas, Florida markets that had been crushed and started buying up all those foreclosures at uh, you know like 40 cents on the dollar. And then five years later, I helped my investors make over a hundred million dollars in profits because the market had to come back. Where are we at in today's market? Well, we never recovered from 2008. Uh, as we came out of it, we had built up a uh, missing 800,000 homes and then it became 900,000, then a million. And then when COVID hit, we were missing 1.6 million homes. COVID has redefined our, our lifestyle. People today want to work from home. 70%, 76% don't want to go back to a job. They're now buying homes with that they can have as a house, but also a home, like a place where they do their career. And so people want something different. That boosted us over 2 million. Um, just last week, uh, Wall Street Journal came out and said that the shortage is now 4 million homes. We can't resolve that in five years. And yet you can't have a real estate bubble until you satisfy demand. We are years away from satisfying demand, which is why whether it's hyperinflation from the government printing trillions of dollars and they're going to keep doing that. Uh, I, I won't, I won't weigh in on whether I think that's a smart or dumb decision, at least in America with the way that's going down. But I will share this. Um, we saw a fourth quarter of last year, the median home price go from a 280,000 to 350,000. And I think we're going to see similar jumps year over year for the next three years. Um, I'm going to be tracking inventory. And when 
uh, and here's what most people don't understand. A bubble is not prices going up. A bubble is a supply and demand conversation. And the moment we satisfy the demand and then we have too much supply, then you should be terrified of a bubble. We are in the opposite. We have a historic problem. We've never historically been had this big of a, uh, of a housing shortage ever. 50-year lowest interest rates in America ever. Like right now, this is like people are wondering, this is the best time to buy real estate, but you know what? Don't be an idiot and, and chase prices. Like I've just opened up three new markets, hot markets. I track all 324 markets in the US. You know, with my 5,000 homes that I've transacted over the years since 2008, I'm always buying in the very best markets. I've just opened up three more markets because everyone's buying frenzy like crazy, driving the prices up. And I have to keep my purchase price around 200,000, even though people are buying 350, 450. I think in the next three to five years, we're going to see the national median potentially creep over a half a million dollars. And guess what? Will that be sustained? No, there will be a bubble. It will crash. For the next three to five years, I'm planning on making more money than I ever had in real estate. I'm going to pull out. I'm going to watch the market crash. And then I'm planning on making more money than I've ever made in real estate right after. The next decade is going to be the juiciest time. If anyone was wondering, when should I get in the game of real estate? Like, Rock, anyone that follows you and learns real estate investing from you, they would be honestly an idiot if they weren't already working with you, your team, or themselves to be transacting real estate literally as we speak. Get off your butt every month you're losing. Boom, there you have it, Chris Crone in the house. So I got a question for you. Somebody wants to go buy a piece of real estate today. They don't own, they're renting. Do they buy a piece of real estate that they move into or do they buy a piece of real estate that cash flows while they save up more money? You know, normally I, I always tell people, it's like if you're in a normal market, if you're in a down market, then, you know, buying a primary residence is always a really smart move because you don't have to put 20% down. You can put 3% FHA, you can put 3.5% conventional. Like for most people, entry-level home, quarter million, $350,000, you're talking 10 grand. That's like a small amount of money. In today's market, I'm telling people, don't focus on, on buying a home to live in. Make your next purchase an investment property, if at all possible. And uh, the reason why, twofold. One, if you're, if you're responding to the market saying, oh man, I'm tired of renting, I need to get in a house and the prices keep going up, I should just buy a house. I'm like, yeah, but in four years when you, or five years or seven years when that bubble bursts and you're 100000 or $200,000 underwater, you're going to say, wow, I was a chaser instead of a sophisticated investor. And that's stupidity right there. Um, right now, you've got to get your hands on not just really good deals in, in really good markets, but you got to make sure that you're not responding to the market by being a chaser. Instead, you have to make your financial decisions based on what the market will rebound back to when it drives back to normalcy. So over the last 65 years, there is a across the board nationwide in America increase of 4.68%. We've been tracking that for 65 years. I think that's a good number to go off of. I think that we're going to average over the next five to seven years what should be an average of a 4.68% increase. But when you see 12, 15, 20, 23, that's not indicative of a new market. That's indicative of building a bubble and when we run out of houses, those people are going to get smashed. How do you counter that? By buying intelligently in markets where you can still buy at what the, below what the median should be. That's just one of my core strategies. Yeah, and the cash flowing piece is, is key. We, we, you know, on Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life, the big concept is how do you go from your W-2 to being the one person trying to score points 
into your bank account and add these different these different vehicles. So a cash flowing asset yeah, yeah. like a piece of real estate that you rent out is a great way to do that. Or maybe even if you're young enough and you can house hack and rent a room or two in your house, you can own your own house, but you're creating some revenue. That's another great way. But what I've found with the people I work with, Chris, is that inevitably they're not necessarily doing the three hours in the morning of training their brain to win the game of life every day. So they lack an environment that's, that, that they've created for themselves and they don't have a peer group that's gonna encourage them or support them or challenge them to be their best self. What do you say to people that, that have not got their mindset together in that area? Well, yeah, first of all, you have to stop being a lone wolf. It, it, I'm, yeah. I am amazed. Like I remember when I was young, just building wealth, I would meet these really successful people. And the very first person I met who had made over $10 million in real estate, I'm a young man. Uh, I was in this community course with my, my church that was teaching me and my wife this lesson on finance. And there was like 30 other people in the room. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, hello, have you been listening to this guest instructor? There's clearly something wrong with him. This guy's rich and I want to know why. After he was done speaking, no one came up and talked to him. And I just thought, either there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with them. And, you know, I've got, I've got a lot of mistakes that I've made in my life, but there's one that I feel strongly that I did right. I've never been afraid to find the most successful person in the room and try to learn from them. And I just don't get why people don't do that. People still think college is where you go to learn. That's where you get career training. If you want life training, then you got to go to the people who have mastered the game of life and they're not found inside the walls of a university most of the time. Um, we are instead these lone wolves. I'll do it. I'm, I'll figure it out on myself. I'm going to go it alone. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, like, hello, the shortcut, the helicopter, the top of the mountain is always with the people that are up there. Like, just get there. So first of all, Rock, it's so important that people find a peer group that are far more successful than they are. They need to find a mentor or mentors that are far more successful than they are. And they need to get into some type of relationship. Usually you write a check and it puts you in their proximity so that you can learn and grow from them. That's who I want to learn from. Books are good, but books is like child's play. Everyone should be reading, you know, two, three, four books a month. But that's not where you go for your core true education. Um, I remember the first time I met a billionaire, I thought, oh my gosh, I need more billionaire friends. And I've got a billionaire that every year I fly out and do an event just for her and her foundation private organization. And has opened up more doors for me than most relationships ever have. So people should be finding the successful person in the room and then they should be learning from them. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that because a lot of people I think are a little bit uncomfortable, intimidated. I'm shopping for homes right now in Arizona and in the price range I'm shopping for, I came across somebody who's an author of 10 books. Um, and then I looked at a house of Austin Matthews, who's the highest paid hockey player in the NHL. And you start to realize that it's a different, complete vibe. It's a different way of seeing life. This, the decisions are, are different. But all of these people, to your point, hired a coach, they have an entourage, and they didn't do it alone. Every time. And that's why I created that 90-day program, is so that people don't have to build their mental mindset on their own. And, and like you said, a book is great, but unless you have the discipline to read it over and over and over again and do the exercises and practice the you know, affirmations, yeah you don't change that much, right? Well, and, and I got to tell you, I actually think that 90 days is a genius period of time to hang out with an organization because most people, that's like, if you need a huge level up or if you need to go into a new level of financial transformation, 
then you, you got to find an organization that will give you some level of immersion, not like, oh, we'll meet, you know, once a month for a year. It's like, no, 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 no. I need something way more consistent. I need something that is way more readily available. I need to immerse myself in it. You know, I, I, I took three years of, of, a, of language, German, when I was in high school. Couldn't speak any German. But then I got dropped off in Germany for six months and then I was fluent. And it's like Rosetta Stone versus literally just drop me off in country. Um, people should be looking for immersion. And um, a 90-day program like that is a form of immersion. Yeah. You know, I love the way you say that because I had the same thing in learning French as I lost a job. I moved to a new city and I, due to, you know, the gun to my head metaphor and being in immersion, the results became, you know, second nature. And when you work with other people also that are running the same race, you kind of see people struggling and winning and it gives you license to do the same thing. You know, I just got to share this, Rock. I, I I paid a lot of money for this one mastermind several years ago. I, I'd been in many masterminds before, and I thought, oh, McKay, this is great. I, I, I make money every time I join these things. And I was like, I'm coming in here. I'm writing a six-figure check, and I want to make, you know, a million dollars. Well, in the first year with that mastermind, I made close to, I think, three-quarter million dollars. But you know what the weird part was? It wasn't from doing deals with anyone in the mastermind what I actually got was this incredible hunger and motivation to stay driven as I was just associating with peers that were up to big things. Like I was just inspired. And so you asked earlier, where does motivation come from? Part of it is your why, your personal conviction. But I think another component is if you're hanging around people that are up to big things, I don't know about you, but I get inspired by that. And as I watch them and I learn from them and I see them winning, I'm like, oh my gosh, the next time we meet, I want to have a win to talk about. I need to get my next deal under my belt. I need to make something happen. And um, now when I participate in masterminds, I have many of my own as well. Um, What I really love is just being surrounded by people that are living life at a higher level. They're playing a bigger game. And I, I think that's the game changer. So mastermind's a buzzword these days. Uh, I started some eight years ago and the concept was really, you know, from Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, right? Is when a group of people get together in a spirit of harmony to achieve a specific outcome. Why do you think they've become so popular in the last decade? You know, I, I think that people are starting to catch on to the secondary education market. I mean, I call it YouTube University. Um, You you know, the whole idea, even just five or six years ago, if you said, oh yeah, I'm going to an event and this is my mentor and I'm going to spend four or five days and I'm going to learn, most of your buddies would give you a look like, "Uh, hello, is there something wrong with you? Like that sounds mystical or woo-woo or that's just different. Um, Well, it turns out that that is not only becoming accepted, it's also becoming popular. And so I, I do think there's a lot of masterminds emerging because I think the world is ready for it. I think the collective consciousness has shifted and if our post-pandemic world has taught us anything, it's that we need to think different and we need to act different and we need to do different. I think there's an open-mindedness like never before. Like my kids, I privately educated them. I pulled them out of the the school system. I've got two teachers that teach my kids and um, you know, homeschooling, which this is not, but even if it were, you know, I think pre-COVID people are like, oh, that's just, that's for weirdos or the people that are socially awkward or there's something wrong with those kids. Now guess what? post-COVID, it's like, ooh, like homeschool is the cool thing to do. There's a huge, like the universe has shifted 10 more degrees on its axis in the last just year with people really starting to rethink 
how we do life. And uh, so I think masterminds is one of those where people are looking for alternatives instead of the mainstream approach that clearly is not working very well for people. I see that uh, you've been to the Super Bowl lately. It looks like a little Super Bowl uh, name tag. Oh, come on, dude. We, were, dude. we hung out there together. That was, <laughs> we, we both got to benefit from those uh, tickets from a friend. And uh, yeah. dude, it was, it was sweet hanging out with you. But yeah, I've got my, I got my ticket hanging right there. And it, and it goes to show, you know, when you start hanging out with different people, all these kinds of opportunities start to show up and then great things come from that, business arrangements, et cetera. So quick, rapid fire. Stock market, cryptocurrency, do that. Um, I, I do both and I'm a 10 times believer on the crypto side. Okay, let's go with uh, one of your favorite books right now that you're reading. Uh, right now I'm, I'm reading Extreme, is it called Extreme Leadership? One second, is that Navy SEAL book? I'm just, I'm loving it right now and the audio version of it is so cool. Let me, let me pull it, yes, Extreme Ownership. Uh, how U.S. Navy SEALs lead and win. A lot of people know who Jocko Willink is, and 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 uh, he's a he's a stud. I've enjoyed some of his videos, and I'm like, you know what? I got to read this guy's book. It's been one of the one of the top charted books on leadership. Um, but you know, some of my books are, you know, that's just what I'm reading right now. I also did earlier and got a chance to meet the author of splitting the never split the difference, a book on negotiation. So I'm always sharpening my, 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 my tools, if you will, uh, because sometimes it's just personal development, psychology, or just how to freaking be happy. Sometimes it's how to win in business. Uh, and, and in general, I'm reading books based on areas where I'm trying to go from novice or amateur to a level of mastery to, to really accelerate. I love your standards when it comes to that. It's always about, you know, how do I get better? How do I, how do I become a master? And to that point of negotiation, they don't teach negotiation at school, yet we're all negotiating every day of our life. You know, where are you going to go to the restaurant? What, what, you're gonna, what movie are you going to watch? Why is it that people don't, do you think, put an emphasis on that and get a, like at least a minor in negotiation? Uh, you know, beyond negotiation, I think the problem is that we exit our educational system with a fixed mindset. Like we just treat life like hit the brakes. I now know everything that I need to know. And I think that it is pain, emotional pain that leads to that. We don't like having our cheese moved. We don't like having someone change the game on us. Most of us, my experience rock, hate change. And um, that's, that's just kind of the unconscious approach to life. Change, however, is the only way to get from where you're at to where you want to go. Change is the only way to live a great life. Change is the only way to do something new. And you, people always want a new result, but they always want to do the same old thing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I now live, my highest need is for uncertainty, spontaneity, new, different. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm just a lover of change. And we've got to get out of our own way with a fixed mindset. We've got to have daily habits that encourage and push growth. And here's a couple of them. Number one, I go to the gym every day. I measure what I do. I write it down on a clipboard and every day I have to do more than the day before. More resistance or longer time or more reps. And what it does is it forces me to become stronger than I was the day before. But books, same thing. Like I get to steal decades of your life's knowledge base that you put into this book that I can read in three hours. Are you kidding me? Like. I need new information and some of us need to allow parts of us and habits of us to die. You can't have new results unless you let go. It's about saying yes and no to the right things. You got to say yes to the right things. You got to say no to the right things. And if your life isn't changing drastically enough, if your net worth is not rapidly increasing, if you're not cloud nine with your love life, if, if you're having, you know, if you're not like, you know, having amazing, incredible relationships, if your health isn't increasing, 
that's because you're really, um, you know, habituated to your status quo and it's time to upset the apple cart and challenge that. I love the energy. Thank you, Chris, so much for joining us on rock your money, rock your life. If I know that people can find you on TikTok, they can find you on YouTube. Where else can they find you? Uh, I think anywhere, right? Just yeah. Google my name, but spell it right. It's Chris with the K and it's crone with the K. Uh, and I, I, I love teaching and educating and helping as many people uh, increase their financial IQ as well as their emotional IQ. And uh, it's been a pleasure being here with you, Rock. Yeah, I love it. You play hard, you work hard, you change a lot of lives, you impact a lot of people. You've been a great coach and mentor to me. Thank you for being on the show. And for those of you that are looking for um, high octane, high energy inspiration, check out Chris Crone on all of the platforms. He's everywhere. He's easy to find. He's a force for good. And we'll see you guys on the next Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.